And uh, we're excited you're here with us today. I know that God's got something special for each and every one of you. This is, uh, today kicks off Family Month. Everybody say Family Month. As you heard in the announcements, man, we got stuff going all the time, all month long. For, for one simple reason, that is to resource you and your families. And so I want to encourage you and challenge you, take advantage of everything that God's doing here this month. Take advantage of bringing your kids to Vacation Bible School. Expect that God's going to speak to them. Expect that God's going to uh, increase them in, in relationship with Him. I woke up this morning and my son was like, oh, it's Vacation Bible School week. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. Not really. But just playing with him. And he said, oh, you know, we're going to Mars. I said, we're going to Mars, and then uh, clicks again that the Vacation Bible School theme is to Mars and beyond, talking about God doing extraordinary things in the lives of our kids. So I just want to encourage you, take advantage of it. It's just not something that you have to do. It's something you get to do, something you get to be a part of, all these classes that are going to be taught through the month, great resources on parenting, marriage. If you're looking to get married or want to get married, Pastor Tom's class coming up this week is going to be awesome. And I just want to encourage you, come be a part of it. It's all for you, amen? Our pastors are away this weekend. They're actually kicking off Family Month with back-to-back family reunions yesterday and today. And so I'm going to bring the word today and kick it off. Uh, Let's pray. Let's get started. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together. Lord, we know that you have a purpose for today, for each and every person that's here in the auditorium, for those watching us online, online, those that are going to watch this or hear this even later dates, Lord, I thank you that, that this message would be a message of encouragement to we can do this, that you're with us, that this is your plan. And so, Lord, we surrender our plans, our hearts today uh, to, to your will. Thank you, Father, for speaking through me to the heart of each and every listener in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. When you hear the word family, who do you think of? Do you think of your grandparents? Do you think of your your spouse or your loved ones? Do you think of your, your kids? When I hear the word family, I instantly think of my grandfather. I think of him telling funny jokes at the dinner table and my grandmother elbowing him and saying, that's not appropriate, there's kids at the table. <laughs> I, I grew up in one of those kind of families. For some of us, when you hear the word family, maybe it's not so close, maybe it's distant, maybe it's cousins, aunts, and uncles. Uh, for others, when we hear the word family, it doesn't even ring to us that it's blood and flesh, but maybe it's people that God placed in our life that have become family. You know, for each and every one of us, family means something different. I've, I've met many people here over the last couple years that they introduced me to their family. And, and when I meet them, I'm like, y'all are two totally different colors. How y'all family? And they said, well, we're in small group together. We've been doing life together for three years in the context of small group. And I'm thinking, man, that's amazing. You know, God has interesting ways of connecting us with family, and it's different for each person. And it's different for all of us in how he does it. I think about the teams that we just sent to Honduras a few weeks ago. Our young adult team went to to serve at the Dream Center down there, and they went on the trip as strangers, not knowing each other, signing up to go overseas to do something. But I can tell you this, man, they came home as family. And then that's God's purpose, that that each and every one of us would connect with those that he's placed in our life for a reason. No matter how you include family, we all share one thing, and that's this. Family includes people we love and those who love us. 
Family is made up of people who share a common bond formed by different life experiences. The truth is, is that God's plan has always been that we do life together and that it includes other people. See, God is the original family man. This was his plan. And no matter if they're blood-related or simply God-ordained relationships, your destiny is defined by the family that you keep for nobody's called to do life alone. I like this, that families come in different shapes and different sizes. I came from a, a big family, lots of cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents. And the truth is, is family isn't just defined by a mom, a dad, two kids, a white picket fence, and a dog. <laughs> That's what society wants you to think is the perfect family, but the truth is there's no perfect family. I, I like uh, talking about the different people that I've met in my life, like um, my roommates from college. You know, I was uh, at college at 18 and I met some guys that they became my brothers through a course of series of interactions and, and life choices and things. Man, today I look back and I'm like, they're not just my friends. They're not just acquaintances. Those are my brothers, this last week I was in Oklahoma where I went to college and then where I went to, to Bible college later on and I got to be with my college roommate this last week at a conference. And so we took time driving through town and taking pictures of all the apartments we used to live in together when we were 19 and 20 years old. Man, instantly you travel back and then go into the mall where your buddies used to hang out and here we are in our 40s now and nobody hang out at the mall anymore. <laughs> You know, and I think about like these, these situations with these guys. The truth is, is if they were here today, I'd say, hey, I want you to meet my brother. This is Dustin. And you'd be like, dude, I didn't know you had a brother, Dustin. And I'd say, well, he's not really my blood brother, but we're, we're brothers through relationship of history. My other roommate uh, uh, from, from Bible school, his name's Jared, and, and we, we, we have similar interests, but we're completely different. He's from Canada. I'm from L.A., lower Alabama. And, 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 and we just, two different people, you know. And, and I remember meeting Jared in, at, at college, and just the way he talked was funny. And when it get cold out, he'd say, don't forget your toque. And I'm like, my toque? Yeah, you know, your toque. And he's talking about his hat, you know. Or he'd say something goofy, you know. I'd say, dude, put some clothes on. Quit running around in your underwear. And he'd say, oh, you mean my gitch? And I was like, what's your gitch? He said, oh, it's a Canadian term for, you know, underpants or whatever. And we, we, we didn't have anything in common, but I remember as time went on, we grew together. He's my brother. We went to Mexico years ago on a, on a mission uh, to teach in a Bible school in, in southern Mexico. And we went to the beach the first week we got there. And he took off running in the ocean. And he dove right in. And he came back up. And he was spitting out water. And he was choking. He's like, Bleh. He's like, oh, it's so salty. And I'm like, duh, it's called the ocean. <laughs> you know, and you think back of these things, at least I do, and I'm thinking those memories and those times together brought us together. We're family now. You can't unglue us. I was telling the first service, you know, in my phone when I text Pastor Jonathan, it doesn't say Pastor Jonathan in my phone. It doesn't say Jonathan Del Turco. It says Uncle Jonathan. In, in my phone, when I call or text Pastor Verna, it doesn't say Pastor Verna or Verna Del Turco, the executive director. It says Aunt Verna. And some of you already know our history, but I met them when I was four years old. Our, our families have vacationed together for years down in Florida and then up here in Cape Cod. And to me, before I came to work for Pastor Jonathan and work with him here, he was my Uncle Jonathan. He was Aunt Verna. We were family. 
You know, that's how cool God is. That he'll place people in your life that aren't your blood uncle, cousin, brother, father, sister. But all of a sudden you find yourself in God's plan and you find, man, I got a new spiritual mother. Man, I got a new spiritual brother. I got, I got guys around me like David. That, man, they charge me up when I'm around them. We're family. That's God's plan for our life. That's exactly how God has intended it from day one. And I want to prove this to you through a couple scriptures, okay? Are you guys awake today? Yes. All right, let's do this. Let's look here in Genesis. This is the first book of the Bible, the second chapter. God said, it's not good for man to be alone. And all the men said, Let's try it again. All right. It, God said it's not good for the man to be alone. And all the women said, Amen. yeah, y'all, y'all knew we needed you. <laughs> and God said, I'll make him a helper, a companion. And so God formed from the dirt of the ground and all the animals of the field and all the birds of the air. And he brought them to this man to, to see what he would name them. And, and then whatever the man called them, that was their name. The man named the cattle, he named the birds, and he named all the wild animals, but he didn't find a suitable companion. Thank God. <laughs> oh, man, God's so good to us. And, and, and God had to put men into deep sleep, and as he slept, he removed one of his ribs. See, God's a southerner. I, didn't, I bet y'all didn't know that. He likes ribs. <laughs> it's 4th of July. Some of y'all cook some ribs. Uh, and that's, sorry, I'm hungry. And he removed one of his ribs and he replaced it with flesh. And then God used that rib that he had taken from the man to make woman. And he presented her to the man. And the man said, finally, man, it's been five whole days. I've been lonely. He said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And he named her woman for she was made from the man. And therefore today a man should leave his father and a mother and embrace his wife and they become one flesh. Right here at the beginning of creation, after creating everything, he creates man. In his own words, it ain't good for you to be alone. It ain't good for you to be alone. You shouldn't do life by yourself. This is going to be a big job having dominion over the planet and everything that I've created. You're going to need some help. Guess what? That's still God's plan today. And all the men said, hey, man, I'm grateful for a wife that helps me, that blesses me. She's my companion. She makes me better. She compliments me. God's plan has always been and always will be family first. Let's look at it in Acts chapter 2 where we find the, the beginning of the church. And it's the same story in the Old Testament and now in the New Testament. And all the believers were gathered together and they had everything in common. They sold property, possessions, and they gave to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together by say together. Come on now, say it like you mean it. Say everyone together. In the temple and then they broke bread in their homes and they ate Together, we're going we're gonna to do this together. And, and with glad and sincerity in their hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily for those who were being saved. We find Adam and Eve together in the garden to start creation, and we find Jesus starting the church and turning this over to the disciples. And what do they do? They gather together. They're eating together. They're hanging out together. They're resourcing each other. They're, they're complimenting each other. And because of that, it says people were being added daily. Listen, it's easy to build a family when you give. 
And when you share and when you love and when you value each other and when you focus on spending that time, that's God's plan for us today, to do life together. I don't know if I'd heard it before, but when I came to IFC, I heard a statement that we love saying here and we live by it, and that is this, together is better. It's one of our core values. We believe that that nobody should do a life alone, and we find that here, sharing resources, sharing family time. Let me give it to you out of Romans. Paul says it this way. He says, so it is with Christ's body, which is us. Look around. That means you and me, we're the body of Christ. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. You know, it's important for you to understand you're unique. You're unique. Today in this hour, there's something special about you. But here's the crazy thing. You're only special and unique if it's found within the body. You're not unique when you leave the body and go do your other thing. You're just weird. (laughs) Y'all ever met some weird Christians? They don't want to be a part of the body. They want to do their own thing. That's not God's plan. But here's the thing. When we understand our uniqueness and the genuine qualities that make us who we are, we find meaning when we find ourselves a part of the body. Let me tell you something. If you're feeling just weird, but know that you have a purpose and calling, it may be because you're not connected at the level you need to be in the greater body. This, this chapter, Romans 12, is worth studying on your own time because he says, not only are you unique, you're only unique when attached to the body. You only find your purpose. You only find your destiny. You only fulfill your calling when you find yourself connected to other believers. I want to challenge you in this. Bring your gift to this body. Bring your uniqueness, your your peculiarity, the thing that makes you, you. Bring it here and allow us to learn from it and grow from it because you're making us better. Because we truly believe that together is better. You make us better. And when you're with us, we make you better. That's God's plan. Let's look at one more. First Peter uh, chapter four, verse eight. I love this. He says, above all, because you're going to need this to, to do everything, to be the family, to be connected, to be the body. You're going to have to love each other deeply. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. For each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I'll just be honest with you. Without love, we can't do this thing called family. Without the love of God shed abroad in our heart, covering my sins and your sins, covering your inadequacies and my insecurities, we can't do this. But with it, guess what? We become faithful stewards of God's plan. What plan? The family plan. Where we all partake. You ever had a, heard of a family plan? You ever have a cell phone where you got like 15 phones for all your kids and grandkids? And you're the one paying the bill? <laughs> They love the family plan. They love to use it. That's the part of God's thing is he's already provided something that we get to partake of and he's paying the bill. But how do we do it? We do it by walking in love and understanding there's a responsibility to being a brother, to being a husband, to being a father, or to be a grandfather. I want to challenge you. Man, be you. We don't need another me. We don't need another Tom. We don't need another Allen's beer. God, we don't need another Allen's. We got greatness in Allen's right here. Here's the cool thing. Allen's gets to be him. You get to be you. And when we all come together, we all benefit. 
Let's be us, amen? So how do, how do we do this? How do we continue becoming who God's called us to be? We walk in love. We live with love at the highest level, knowing we're not here to be served, but we're to serve each other. God's intent for us was to do life together. And our responsibility is to steward that gift of family that he's entrusted to us. Here's my main takeaway for today. It doesn't matter if you're married or single or just starting out in life or you're many years into life. Have a family or have friends like family. God cares about our relationships and wants each of us to live healthy, successful lives. You know what? That statement includes all of us. It includes the littlest ones upstairs in our, in our newbies class, and it goes to the oldest person that's attending or watching today. This is all-inclusive. Can I tell you, single folk, your life doesn't start, and God's plan doesn't start for your life when you get married. It started the day you were born. And here's the thing, it doesn't end, it just continues to transcend from generation to generation as long as you're tied into the family of God. So this is God's purpose, that we grow, that we thrive, that we're healthy and successful. I've been praying about this for the last couple of weeks. Just, Lord, what do you want me to say? And how do I communicate it? What's, what's the things you want to stand out? And, and this is what he told me. He said that, that the greatest example or our greatest witness will never be in the church. Our greatest time of testimony of what God's done in our life only takes place outside the church when others look at our families. Let's just be real. Families in this day and age are having a harder time staying together than at every time, any time before in history. There's more challenges thrown at them. There's more uh, choices. There's more, uh, a sin is more prevalent. There's just all kinds of things that the devil's using to tear apart families. Do you feel that? And so what that does for me, it makes me feel like that my testimony for the Lord is even greater when my family is healthy and successful. And so when I'm out and about at the mall or at the beach and someone says, man, your kids are great. I can say, hey, we're working just like you. They're crazy at home. They're being good right now. But all glory to God because he's given me the grace to parent these kids. Oh, your marriage seems so awesome. Hey, it ain't that awesome. We got struggles just like you and me and we're walking through it. But by the grace of God, I pray that someone would see our marriage and say, hey, there's hope for mine. That's, that's the call of God on our life as believers. Not that we just shine on Instagram so everybody thinks we're doing great, but when we're actually doing life as a family for the world to see, when homes are broken, they see your home being restored. When their kids are going buck wild, your kids are running after God's plan for their life. When financial turmoil is hitting and separating them, all of a sudden they say, how are you so successful? Oh, they say, oh, I'm so glad you asked. Because we're committed to God's plan as a family. So I want to give you a few points, if that's okay with you. I want to give you five or six. We'll see how many we get to. Qualities of a healthy, successful family. Here's a few of them. Number one is commitment. To be a healthy, successful family, whether it's blood or friends or connections that God's placed in you, there has to be a commitment to each other. There has to be a prioritization of relationship being the highest thing and the most important thing. You know what's tearing most families apart this day? It's this drive and hustle to succeed on the outside. I'll just be real. I don't want to succeed financially and outside these doors or even in this pulpit if I fail at home. That's 
Because you're really not a success. You're just a con artist. Our highest calling is the relationships that, that God's placed in us. He didn't ask you to go make a ton of money and provide all kinds of things for your kids. He called you to live a godly lifestyle and prioritize your family. I was thinking about commitment speaks to dedication. And commitment speaks to someone who's prioritized the important things in life. We have some friends that ours are here in the church and they're, they're bodybuilders. And man, they prioritize their eating. Like they only eat certain things at specific times and they're carrying jugs of water around with them. and They're at the gym early, man. It's a priority in their life and you can see it. And you can see for me, that's not a priority for me. <laughs> I don't care about all that. That's good. I want to be healthy, but I ain't get up at 3 a.m. to go to the gym. <laughs> I'm sleeping. <laughs> you know, I'm not prep meal prepping. The meal prepping I do is how many cartons of Ben and Jerry's do I have in there? And will I have one each night of the week? That's meal prepping for me. <laughs> Hopefully there's five for the whole week. You know, but here's the thing. We can look at somebody's life and you can tell the priorities. You can see my friend Araldo. I don't know, he, he's out there. He's a big dude. It's, he's prioritized. That's important to him. In, in a healthy family situation, guess what? Relationship takes a higher priority than anything else. You know, I learned this. Uh, I'm learning this as I have new children. I have a six-month-old baby girl. I have a, uh, uh, my son. He'll be five in August. And me and my wife have been married six years. I'm new to all this as well. I was married bachelor for 36 years doing my thing how I wanted to do it. And so I'm having to find this out for myself. What does it mean to, to commit to my son so he knows he's a priority? And the Lord taught me a valuable lesson through T-ball. Because I said so we signed him up for T-ball because he wanted to play T-ball. We got there in the first week. They said, hey, we're looking for some people that would help the coaches, you know, just assist them. And I thought, okay, I'll, so, okay, I'll help. And so I helped. And, and, and then week two, I showed up and the coach didn't show up. And I'm like, I guess I'm coaching T-ball. And my wife's like, do you know how to coach T-ball? And I said, we only have one five-year-old. I've never coached T-ball before. We'll figure it out. And you know what? For, for, for eight, nine weeks, I showed up early. I don't know how to coach T-ball. I don't know what you do. I mean, they're five. My son's out there playing with dandelions in center field, blowing the... But you know what? By getting up every Saturday morning and telling him we're going to T-ball and get his glove and get his hat, get him some big league Jew... Man, where did Big League Chew go? Never mind. Won't even go there. And Big League Chew, the big thing is chewing gum, you know, and he wanted that. And so we'd go for eight weeks, and I realized, man, he's seen that he's a priority. Amen. This is something that's important to him. I'm prioritizing that. When I want to be sleeping, I'm playing t-ball with Hunter. You know, I learned the same lesson through swim lessons. I know how to swim, but he don't. And so what do you do? You go to the YMCA, and you throw him in the pool with a bunch of other kids. I don't want to sit there in that steamy room. And you know what? I watched a lot of people drop their kids off and then they would leave and go sit in the car. And then they'd come back after half their lesson and pick the kids up. I'm like, how was it? And I'm like, well, you could have sat here and cheered your kid on. You know, when my son was in the pool, he'd look up and daddy was sitting on the stairs. Like, You're doing a good job. Put your face down. Blow the bubbles. Keep your goggles on. All I'm doing is showing him he's a priority. You know, this, is the, this is a big one that we've got to get back to if we're going to lead healthy, strong relationships. Our families have to know they're a priority. Amen. Husbands, your wife needs to know that she's a priority. Amen. You know you should continue to date your wife even after you got married? I think some guys think, well, I dated her before and now we're married. 
Well, if you want to keep her, you better continue dating her. That's free. And, 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 and you know, uh, making, making family time. You're showing that, that they're a priority. Let me ask you this. In the busyness of our schedules and work weeks, what priority is relationship in your life? Number two, the second quality of a healthy or, or strong or anchored uh, family is, is one family that has uh, appreciation as a priority. Healthy and successful families let other families know daily that they're appreciated. Amen. When's the last time you told your wife you loved her? I had one guy tell me, he said, I told her the day we got married and I, I ain't changed my mindset. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Listen, I mean, this is, this is how you stay married. This is how you stay in love. You tell her you love her with your words and with your actions. You know, you buy her flowers. You, you, you leave her gifts. I was, I was away last week, as I mentioned, and I, I got to the hotel. And anytime I'm at a hotel for, for more than a couple of nights, I, I like to unpack. How many of y'all, when you, let me just ask a little survey. How many of y'all, when you go to the hotel for, for more than a couple of nights, you leave everything in the suitcase and you just rummage through it all week? How many of y'all? Anybody? Uh, we know what your homes look like, yeah. How many, how many of y'all, when you get there, you unpack, like you're putting the socks in the drawers, hanging stuff up, put your shoes, like you set up the bathroom with like your toiletries and stuff? That's me. I think that's godly right there, order. And so I'm unpacking my stuff and I find these little sticky notes from my wife. Say, we miss you already, Daddy. Have a great time. You know, I, got, I, was, I got another one that said, you know, you're going to do great at the conference. You've got the exact words they need to hear. Yeah. What's she doing? She's, she's giving me affirmation. She's appreciating me. It made me love my wife even more. I got up on Thursday morning to preach to about 200 uh, pastors and leaders, and I thought the microphone was caught in my shirt, and I'm like, what in the world? So I stopped, and I reached in, and there was a sticky note stuck in the back of my shirt. <laughs> You know what? That's, that goes a long way. We should be leaving notes. My wife, sometimes if I'm gone, she'll leave a note on the mirror. So the next morning when she's gone, I'll wake up and there'll be a note on the mirror. You know, it's not difficult to appreciate those that God's placed in our life. A thank you card goes a long way. For someone that does something kind for you, a text message of, hey man, just praying for you. I want you to know I'm with you. I believe in you. That's, that's a foundational thing that we need to do as, as, as Christians and as healthy family, Christian families. Listen to this. Uh, a fist bump with your son goes a long way. It doesn't take much to say, job well done, buddy. I'm proud of you. Boom, blow it up. My, fi my five-year-old loves that. You know, he'll be doing something. He's like, look at this castle I built with Legos. And then he comes over with the fist bump like he's looking for some stuff. Like, that rocks. You know what? We should be affirming young men more than we do. I was listening to a pastor friend of mine. He said, long are the days where men, older men would look, younger men, and put their hand on their shoulder and look them in the eye and say, dude, you got greatness in you and I believe in you. That's important for us to do. Men, I want to challenge you this week with your sons, not in passing, like, hey, champ, have a great week. Like, stop them, look them in the eye, shake their hand, put your hand on their shoulder and say, I love you, I'm proud of you. This is going to be an awesome week. And all of a sudden, watch that little young man rise up and become the man of God he's supposed to be. You know, people are, are built through words of affirmation. They find their meaning through those around them that value them and appreciate them. I was at the store with my son the other day, and we were just going so that his mother and the baby wouldn't have to go because it's a, 
if you got two kids, you know what I'm talking about. Like the grocery store turns into a three-ring circus, you know. You end up buying those huge donuts because, well, we buy those huge donuts and I give it to him like, here, here you go. And I keep him quiet for about 20 minutes, take him to eat through that whole thing. But then you got to be done because that 20 minutes, that sugar high kicks in and now you got... You're chasing him through the grocery store. But we were, <laughs> we were in the grocery store, and he had finished his donut. And he said, oh, we got to get something else for Mama. I said, what do you mean? He said, we got to get flowers for Mama. She always likes flowers. You know what? There's something about teaching our kids to appreciate others in their life. When he was leaving school this last year, he wanted to get Miss Carolyn a card. His, his teacher, he said, I want to get her a card, tell her thank you. I said, we can do that, buddy. That's a sign of a strong Family, number three, you guys still glad you came? I know some of this is basic, but I think this is a good visit for most of us to just say, how am I doing? How am I doing? Uh, Communication, (laughs) this is a big one. Healthy families talk to each other about big issues as well as small issues. You know what happens is when you don't deal with small issues, they turn into big issues. Like Saturday mornings at our house. Like, I like to sleep in on Saturdays. My wife likes to clean on Saturdays. And, 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 and I like to like do nothing on Saturdays, and she's got a prioritized list of things she wants to do. Like I wake up at 6 in the morning, I hear the, the, the dishes are getting clean. She's in there banging the china, ding, 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 slamming the drawers. I'm like, what is she doing in there? Then I hear the vacuum sweeper going. And I hear her slamming the door. She's taking the trash out. I mean, she's got like Saturday morning chore fever. You know, we got stuff to do on Saturday. And my opinion is, we ain't got nothing to do on Saturday because it's Saturday, right? And so this became, we're newly married six years in. This has been a small thing that's now turned into a big thing simply based on unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations. She has expectations. I'm going to get up and cut the grass and do all this stuff on Saturday. My expectation is to go play golf with Pastor Tom. <laughs> I want to go ride my motorcycle. I, we're going two different ways on Saturday. And we were listening to, to Jimmy Evans' podcast, and he said, you know, you can simplify these things by just having good communication. I'm going to give you a tool, guys. It'll make you easier on Saturday. And, and ladies, it'll make this easier for you. A simple thing is on Friday night, just ask them, what are your hopes for Saturday? <laughs> it's uncomfortable, right? I don't want to talk about that. So you do the funny face and the goofy pirouette. What are your hopes on Saturday, honey? And she's going to say, well, we got this, 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 this. And as your eyes roll back, she's like, she realized that's not your hopes. And then she turned around and said, what's your hopes on Saturday, honey? And I said, I'd like to sleep in and drink some strong coffee and then have a tea time at 9 a.m. with Tom and then ride my motorcycle in the afternoon. And she said, well, you're not doing any of that. And I said, and I'm definitely not doing the stuff you had. And you know, so now we can find a compromise. How about if I get up and help you clean for a little while? Could I go play with Tom, play golf with Tom at two? Could I go ride my motorcycle in the afternoon? Of course. What was it? It's just a small issue that communicated clearly she's getting to present what her expectations are, and I get to create what my weird expectations are. And guess what? Now we can find a compromise, and there's peace in our home on Saturdays. I, I think about the small issues. What about the big issues? Are there elephants in the room in your home? When you're with certain people, is there an elephant in the room that nobody's talking about? It's so weird and uncomfortable. You're like, I just want to go. Like, ah. You ever had that feeling? 
Like you're just like, oh, I don't know, because they know, but I know, but nobody say anything. You know what? It'd be better just to have the conversation and say, hey, it's obvious there's something here. Let's take some time to talk about it as a family, as a whole. The truth is, is the only way strife and confusion come into our life is when we don't talk to each other as families and we start talking to other people about our families. If you want to minimize strife, just talk to the people you're doing life with instead of talking to other people about the people you're doing life with. Because you do that, and then they go and talk to their people they have confidence in and talk about you, and then you come back and you bring all these opinions and thoughts, and all of a sudden you realize, we ain't got no communication. I don't want to talk to you at all. (laughs) Communication can be a simple tool that, if done right, it actually sets you up for success, and it sets you up for a win. Number four, you guys still with me? Time together. Families that are healthy and strong and thriving and succeeding, they're intentional about planning activities together. Long are the days when we had Sunday lunch at Grandma's house. But I'll be honest with you, that's what I remember. I remember every Sunday we'd go into Grandma's house. It wasn't an option. We'd go to church together, and then we would go to Grandma's house and eat lunch. It was strategic time for the cousins, for the aunts, the uncles. Maybe that's a far-stretched idea, but what about one night a week where you just tell your family, hey, we're going to gather together, we're going to have a meal together. For some of us, that's like, wow, I don't know. Let's just start with baby steps. How about just one meal together that's intentionally planned and give everybody a far enough heads up to know this is what we're going to do. You know, this, this can go down to as small as for our family. We're intentional right now because the weather's good and we're southerners, so we're trying to soak up the sun. Is it, after dinner, we go for a walk. A simple walk. We're just going to go for a walk. We put the baby in the stroller, Hunter's on the wagon, and we go for a walk, and we'll go to the park, and he can play around. All I'm doing is strategically letting my family know, you're important, and I want to make memories with you. Intentional strategic planning of of, of activities and functions together, guess what? Those activities will bring memories which will outlive you. You know, some of my greatest memories in my life are with people who aren't around anymore. I remember the first stick shift I ever drove was my grandfather's 1976 Triumph TR6. It was a red little race car with with a black convertible top. It's an English car. It had these huge racing tires on it. It had these cool pedals with the holes were drilled in them. It had a wooden stick shift. And I remember my grandfather saying, I'll teach you how to drive the stick shift. I'm like, in the race car? And he's like, oh, yeah. You know what? It was his honor to let me drive his car. Not like, hey, that's my car. Leave it alone. Stay away from it. Those are memories that I hold. I remember driving to Florida in a 1980 station wagon with my three siblings and my parents with luggage stacked to the ceiling, driving all the way from central Illinois all the way down to south Florida every single year because vacation was important to my parents. The memories that we made on those vacations are still alive in me and keep me going for, man, I know my parents were, loved me and they were strategic about it. You know, time together could be simple as your day off is family day. You know, for, for us, the Roberts tribe, we're, we have Mondays off as, as, as my, my wife and I work here at the church. And so Mondays we're off and we don't play anything on Mondays. We don't play anything on Mondays except for Chick-fil-A, Chuck E. Cheese, the park, the splash pad, the pool. We just, that's, that's the day that we do family together. And some of you say, well, yeah, talk to me when they're teenagers. Oh, I'll talk to you when you're teenagers because it's going to be the same way. We're still going to have a strategic day that's been set in stone since they were little kids. Yeah. 
And some of us just need to rearrange our schedules and make sure that we've made time together a priority. My fifth and final point, I'll close out with this, is it's important if you're going to have a successful, growing, healthy family that you build it on the foundation of God's Word. Strong families are based on God's Word, not man's opinions. I'm going to give you a little bit of advice, okay? Okay, just, this is like side advice. God's Word is the only one with the answers. He's the only one with the answer on how to succeed in your life. You don't need to go to every other couple and ask them how they're making their marriage work and what they're doing. You can simply take that time and invest it in God's word and find out, man, you can be a blessing to your wife. You can be a blessing to your husband and God's plan will be intact if you'll follow what he says to do. You don't have to call everybody and say, how are you raising your kids? What are you guys doing? I mean, sometimes there's value in in that, but that's not what you base everything. Well, grandma so-and-so said this, how you do it? Uh, Uncle Tito said, this is how you do it. The neighbor down the street, they got a great family. This is how he said, listen, we want, we want wisdom, but I want the foundation to be built on something that's unshakable. The only thing that never changes, and that's God's word. So how do we build a spiritual foundation to provide health and success in our lives? We model it. We model it. And in my home growing up, I, I watched my parents open the book, the Bible, and read it out loud. I, I watched them get up and in the mornings and they had little confession books and they would declare God's word. They would say verbal affirmations over their life and our finances and over their marriage. I, I watched them declare God's word in times of sickness. I watched them pray for each other. I watched them pray for other people. I watched them commit 10% of their income to God's house as a tithe. I watched them so extravagantly to people all over the world that we didn't even know because they knew that we were called to be generous, open-handed people. God's word is the only foundation that makes succession happen. And here's the great thing. Because I have had that model in my life, I now get to model it for my kids. We pray with our son every night. We do declarations every single morning. There's times in the car where we're praying in the Holy Ghost. Someone will say, you pray in front of your kids? That's a private thing. No, no, I want my son to hear me building myself up on my most holy faith, giving the Holy Spirit uh, a room in my life. If it's going to be a foundation, it's something that's outwardly done so others can see. It's not something that's secretly done so nobody knows what's going on. It's important that we pray over our kids and we put our hands on our kids. We lead them into the truth of God's word for themselves. A a great start for this, if you're new to this, would be take what happens here on Sundays and talk about it throughout the week. Ask your kids what they learned up in Kids World. By the way, they're not getting babysat up there. They're getting what you're getting down here just on a lesser level for how they can capacitate it in their mind. Even the babies, when we change your babies upstairs, they're declaring God's word over them. Every single diaper that's changed, we pray God's blessing and favor over your kids. Why? Because we want that foundation of them to hear who they are in Christ from the babies all the way to them leaving the home. I'm going to challenge you in this more than any of the others because I think if you'll do this, the others fall in suit. Is you'll make God's word a platform and a foundation for how we live our life. Everything else falls in. I want to go back to the, the main takeaway that we had at the beginning and end here. It's It doesn't matter if you're married or single. Starting out in life or many years into life, 
Whether you have a family or have friends like family, God cares about our relationships and he wants each of us to live healthy, successful lives. That's God's plan no matter where you are today. Whether your marriage is broken, whether you're divorced, whether you're single, whether you're widowed, whether you're a grandparent, whether you're a grandchild, God's plan is success and health. Then when people look at your life, they see him. When people see our, our families, they, they see him. When they see the, the company that we keep, they, they see him. And so I want to challenge you this month. This isn't something we just throw on the calendar like, that sounds like a good idea. Family month, July, that'll be good. That's not how we do things here. We want to be intentional and strategic about giving you tools and resources that would stretch you, expand your thinking, expand your heart to realize, wait a second, there's more for me. You know what this means? Healthy things grow, growing things change. Success is something that continues to happen. Success isn't something you arrive at in one day like, oh, we're successful. You know how you know you're successful with your family? When you're dead. They were great parents. Well, we'll see. They had a great family. We'll see. Truth is, is you're only getting one view into it right now. The question is, what happens after you're gone? Succession isn't something you can identify right now in the middle of growing a family or finding a family. It's something that happens long after we're gone. And they say, man, that Dapo, he was an amazing father. How do you know? Look at his kids. Look at what they're doing. Look at what God's doing in their life. It's an investment. So I want to, again, just encourage you be a partaker of everything that's happening this month at IFC because it's all here to help you be healthier leaders, healthier parents, healthier Christians, and succeed in everything we're called to do. Amen? Father, I thank you for each and every family that's represented here. Lord, I pray for them today. Give them strength. Give them courage. Give them wisdom to lead the way that they need to lead their home. Lord, those that are unengaged, disconnected, or feel misplaced, I pray that you would surround them with your Holy Spirit this month and bring them into a small group, into a, a community, a, a team here at IFC, that, that this house would be exactly what it is. It would be a hospital for sinners, those that are hurting. Lord, we welcome them here. Lord, those that had horrible or bad physical families growing up, we know that you're the restore of all things and you can bring it full circle as people find out who their heavenly father is who the Holy Spirit can be in this season Lord help us to be more in tune with what's happening in other people's lives help us not to be so focused on us but to look around us and see who we can include in our lives you may be here with your heads bowed and your eyes closed you may be here and say man I, I that all sounds great but I don't, I don't have the relationship with Jesus you're talking about. I don't know him as my heavenly father. I don't know that much about him. I've heard about him. I want to tell you, God has a plan for your life. It started in Genesis 2, where I read to you at the very beginning that he hasn't called you to be alone. He's called you to do life in a context of a family, physically, naturally, and then even spiritually. And that relationship begins with Jesus Christ. God's son who died on the cross was risen from the dead so that we could be reconnected, reunited with our father. And I want to extend that to you today by simply just praying a prayer with you. I won't ask you to come forward. I won't embarrass you. But if you're here today and you say, man, that's me. I need that prayer. I want Jesus to come into my heart. I want to have a heavenly father. Would you simply just raise your hand up right where you are and I'll, I'll pray with you. You hear here and say, pray for me, pastor. That's me. Yes, ma'am. I see you. 
I see you, buddy. Yes, sir. Anybody else say, man, I want, I want that. I want, I want Jesus Christ. Yes, ma'am. I want a fresh start. I've been doing life my way. I want to do it a new way. Or maybe you're here today and say, man, at one time I walked with the Lord, but I'm not really in connection with him. I don't consider him my father. I don't consider me having a spiritual family, but today I want to come home. I want to make things right. If that's you and you're here today, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you as well. You say, I want to just get back in relationship with God. I've been away. I've been doing my own thing. Amen. Let's do this. For those of you that raised your hand, we're going to pray with you. And for those of you in the house, let's just join our faith with them and say this. Say, Father God, today I recognize I need you. Lord, today I'm grateful for you sending Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. I'm grateful that you raised him from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit so I could be reunited with you find my purpose in your family. Today, I declare you my father in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.